Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Guillar, and I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament. They are the historical accounts of Jesus' ancestors that point to Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And I'm also planning special articles to help bring the Bible to life. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. First Chronicles 17, God tells David he's not the one, but gives a powerful promise. What would you do if God told you, nope, you are not to do that after you presented a great idea? Would you be mad? Would you be disappointed? David was neither. He was grateful, hopeful, even joyful. Why? God gave him a powerful promise. What can we learn from this? Well, let's dig in. First Chronicles 17, the Lord's covenant promise to David. When David was settled in his palace, he summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace where the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord's Covenant, is out there under a tent. David, Nathan replied to David, we'll do whatever you have in mind for God is with you. But that same night, God said to Nathan, go tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. You are not the one to build a house for me to live in. I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. My home has always been a tent, moving from one place to another in a tabernacle. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. That's definitely in the future. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel, and I will defeat all your enemies. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings, for when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house a temple for me, and I will secure his throne forever, and I will be his father, and he will be my son, and I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you, that's King Saul. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in his vision. David's prayer of thanks. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O Lord? 
And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, oh God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. You speak as though I were someone very great, O Lord. What more can I say to you about the way you have honored me? You know what your servant is really like. For the sake of your servant, O Lord, according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known. O Lord, there is no one like you. We have never heard, we have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. You chose Israel to be your very own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. And may your name be established and honored forever so that everyone will say, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, is Israel's God. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. Oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray to you because you have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him, a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O oh Lord, and you have promised these good things to your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless the house of your servant so that it will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O oh Lord, it is an eternal blessing. That is First Chronicles 17. A powerful eternal promise for David and us. Um, instead of allowing God to build a physical structure for the Lord, God promised to build a dynasty for David. That's a quote from um, Preparation, a study in First Chronicles from the Free U Version Bible app. Well, that's God for you. Many times he'll say no to what you want now only because he has something better planned for your future. And that something better will be awesome. Here's a summary of God's powerful promises and why. Remember, God keeps his promises. At that point, God had lived in a tent since the Exodus, 600 years. He doesn't mind staying in a tent a little while longer. Prophecy fulfilled. He made David's name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on earth. Prophecy being fulfilled, a homeland for his people Israel. And you can click on over to my blog and I have links to uh, more stories and more in-depth studies on uh, and articles um, on a lot of this stuff. Um, he will defeat all of Israel's enemies. So far, so good. Prophecy fulfilled. God will give David a dynasty of kings. Fulfilled. His son Solomon will build the temple. There will be another descendant who will build the final temple, and that's yet to be fulfilled. Also in the book of Revelation. Jesus will always have the favor of Father God, not like God took away Saul's favor because he disobeyed God. Pastor Sandy Adams comments. Quote, the right rule was stripped from Saul and given to David, but not so with David's heir. His throne and authority will be established forever. David's son Solomon became heir to David's throne, but only partially fulfilled God's promises to David. 
Yes, Solomon built a temple, but his throne didn't last forever. Babylon dethroned Solomon's final successor, Zedekiah, in 586 BC. God is promising David a descendant who will establish an eternal kingdom. He will be established forever. This is part of God's promise that has ignited hope in the hearts of Jewish people throughout their history. A king will sit on the throne for all eternity. Here's the entire promise. A forever king will sit on a forever throne and rule over a forever kingdom. Obviously, the scope of this prophecy looked beyond Solomon to a future ruler, a Jewish king who came to be called Messiah. The rabbis have always seen in God's covenant with, uh, with David a dual prophecy, partially fulfilled by Solomon, but ultimately pointing to the king of kings. In fact, much of the rest of the, of the Old Testament is dedicated to identifying this king. Isaiah tells us how he'll be born of a virgin. Daniel communicates when he'll be born after 67 weeks. Micah says where he'll be born in Bethlehem. And I have links in my blog article to those specific prophecies. The rest of the Old Testament points to the heir to the Davidic covenant. And this is why the New Testament writers, Matthew and Luke, go to such extremes to trace the genealogy of Jesus all the way back to King David. Jesus was this promised son of David. Anyone who claims to be a savior or a messiah cannot trace his lineage back to David. Is an imposter. It's interesting that shortly after Jesus ascended to heaven, the temple was burned by the Romans. The Jewish I can never get that word right. Genealogical records were turned to ashes. God cut down the family trees because they were no longer needed. Messiah had already come. Jesus proved this, his Davidic ancestry as Israel's Messiah. That's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to uh, listen to his whole message on this chapter, click on over to my blog and just click on his name. The God of Israel's powerful promise of uh, Messiah. God is the God of Israel. He is Israel's God. He is our God too. Not just a name, not just a statue or a crucifix, but the people we are to treat him as an eternal almighty God, as the eternal almighty God. He really is our God. David praises God for his eternal covenant between him and Israel. Jesus Messiah came to fulfill the Davidic covenant and start a new covenant for the Jew first, then the Gentiles. He's not leaving us out. Jesus' new covenant is eternal, everlasting, infinite, forever. How long is forever? Well, you might think that's a silly question, but for us mortal humans, eternity is hard to fathom. Nevertheless, God lives in eternity. He's been around forever and he'll be around forever. And Jesus gave us a powerful promise of eternity. In Revelation 1.8, um, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. And the promise of eternal life in John 3.16, for this is how God, God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Our souls are eternal. 
Where you spend eternity is a choice you need to make now while you're still alive and coherent. You have only two choices, heaven or hell. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way non-stop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment. What you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart, receive the gift of grace, and the confident hope of eternal life. Guess for how long? Forever. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. I mean, I I changed it in the new website. It says, how to know Jesus. It's a little bit shorter. Um, uh, Solideo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thousands, stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the New International Version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.